0: Welcome back to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast. I'm excited that you have joined us today and we are continuing our discussion about positive reinforcement. Today, I wanna talk about systems of positive reinforcement that work in the classroom so that we can actually implement more positive reinforcement for our students. And if you've listened or read the blog at any point, you know how much I love a good system. So systems make the classroom run with so much less thought and decision making throughout the day, which I love because I hate to try to do multiple things at a time, and then allow us to focus on the actual instruction that we need to do. So today, I've got some guidelines for using reinforcement in the classroom. I've got three ways to do it that are actually doable for you. And I've even got some tips for how to get everybody else in the classroom on board with what you want to try. So let's get started. As I've talked about in the last couple of episodes, we use positive reinforcement in a variety of ways from teaching skills to increasing positive behavior. And when it comes to behavior management and classroom management, positive reinforcement gets used as an antecedent strategy or preventative strategy for problem behavior, as well as for building replacement skills that meet the function of the behaviors. So generally we use reinforcement systems to teach new skills to replace challenging behavior, like raising your hand to gain attention. So that's positive reinforcement at work. We give them the attention when they raise their hand and over time, raising their hand increases. Of course, if it doesn't, we're not using reinforcement. We can also teach the student to ask for a break and that's negative reinforcement. So that's when we take the work away and their asking for a break increases. I talk more about both of those specific instances in episodes 16 and 17 of the podcast when I talk about replacement behaviors and skills to increase in behavior plans. So you can find those at dot com slash episode 16 and dot com slash episode 17. But in addition to wanting to use positive reinforcement to teach replacement behaviors that are part of our behavior support plans. You also want to be able to use it more generally in your classroom management plans. We want to be able to prevent having to do a whole FBA and things like that. And we do that because if we use positive reinforcement systems consistently for appropriate behaviors, we reduce the likelihood that challenging behaviors will be exhibited. So the more positive behaviors we have, the fewer negative behaviors we have. So for general classroom management, We want to reinforce appropriate behavior across the classroom about five times for every redirection that we make. And we've got research, there's an article by Flora that I'll put in the blog post that talks about it, that shows that classrooms that typically don't reach that ratio, and when somebody comes in and helps them to increase their use of praise and reinforcement, students' behavior improves. Rawson in 92 found that increasing positive feedback to boys at risk for not making academic achievement and behavior problems increased their academic intrinsic motivation. So not only did it increase their positive behavior and their on-task behavior, but it actually increased their statements that they wanted to learn. And that makes sense when you consider that we know that pairing ourselves with reinforcers make us a reinforcer and that causes the students to want to work with us more than they did before. When teachers who taught students with emotional behavior disorders increased their rate of behavior specific praise. So praise that was specifically pointing out the behavior that they wanted to see more of. Like I love the way you just problem solved that situation with your friend. They had students who had higher rates of on-task behavior and that was a study by Sutherland in 2000. Hart and Risley in 95 studied parent-child interactions and found that parenting styles, or what they called feedback tone, uh, that had five approvals for every correction or criticism was highly related to accomplishments and to vocabulary growth. So they actually saw students, their children make more progress when they had a more positive outlook. There's also been research that shows that when uh, Cook, Grady, and Long in 2016 worked with a small group of general education teachers who had a high negative ratio of statements instead of positive. And they taught them to time themselves on varying intervals up to five minutes to deliver positive statements to their classes. The students that were in the intervention group had better behavior And more time was spent engaged academically than those who had teachers that didn't go through this. So all of that is all the research behind it that says we need to reinforce more. And that that five to one ratio so far is kind of the best indication that we have of how often we need to do that. But here's the thing. How do we do that in a classroom? How do we do that in a special ed classroom or general ed classroom? Because we all know that if you only work with one student, you could do this pretty easily. But teachers don't have just one job. You have, have you ever met a teacher who felt like he or she just had to do things well, just one thing at a time? I haven't. Just thinking about everything that we do every day throughout the day is exhausting. And I don't need to tell you that unless you're not a teacher. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't mean to be said. So trying to keep track of everything that's happening in a successful classroom and keep all the students engaged is a monumental task. When I'm running a classroom, I find it much easier if I can automate as many of the tasks as I possibly can. The more that I can do that, the less time I have to spend focused on how to run the classroom and the more that I can focus on engaging with the students and instructing. And of course, that's my ultimate goal. And when I do that, and we have a systematic set of strategies that are running in the classroom, then our behavior improves. So how can we use positive reinforcement in a way that makes our lives easier? Trying to remember to reinforce a student regularly or something like sitting in his chair, which we kind of expect all of our students to be able to do, isn't always high on our list when we're also trying to figure out whether we're addressing an IEP goal. What Sally's performance was to record the data, the kind of prompt that we just gave to Dante, why Emil is out of his seat and where is Megan? Oh, right. She's in the bathroom. And that's just a one minute analysis of what is going through your brain while you're teaching. So to make sure that we can actually put the reinforcement into a system, we want to create a system that's going to work for the classroom. So here are some strategies that can help with that. The first is to use a timer. If you're reinforcing appropriate behavior over a period of time for a specific time, pair the reinforcer system with a timer. You can get a lot of apps, you can get watch apps, you can get uh, timers that vibrate. So they're not disrupting the classroom, but they're set to go off on regular or variable intervals. You can actually, if you look in the app store or look on Amazon under gym apps, you'll find a lot of them because there's a lot of um, timers out there now for health interval, exercise interval training. So they're easier to find. So set the timer for a set period of time based on how long the student can behave appropriately. So start by determining how long a student goes before they engage in the behavior that you want to go away or how long they can make it in the positive behavior that you're trying to increase. And then set the timer for slightly less than that time. So for instance, if you're teaching a student to sit in a chair, time how long he sits independently without problems. So do it for a few days. If he can sit on average for a minute successfully, but at about five seconds after a minute, he starts to fall out of his chair, set the timer for a minute. That way he gets to start out successfully and he gets reinforced for it. So over time, you can start to gradually increase the expectation of how long he needs to sit before he gets reinforced. So he gets reinforced if he sits appropriately in his chair for the specified period of time. And you don't have to worry about it until the timer goes off and you see if he's done that for that amount of time. If he doesn't, then you could wait till the next interval over to reinforce so if in the next you wait for the next interval if he sits in his chair for a minute he gets reinforced for that or you could reset the timer as soon as he's not appropriate and restart the interval i think the first one's a little bit easier to do in a classroom because otherwise your eyes kind of have to be completely glued to him so over time you can start varying the time on the timer so that you're reinforcing different periods of time to make it less predictable but the timer is telling you to reinforce. So set your criteria and then put it on autopilot by just having the timer remind you to reinforce him. You could also set it up so that you are reinforcing him momentarily. If you look up after the timer buzzes and he's in his seat, he gets reinforced. And you go back and then when the timer goes off, you look up, is he in a seat? He gets reinforced. And so you can actually, especially if you vary those intervals and there's timers now that will do that, then you have the opportunity to just kind of set it on, on automatic and have it become a habit. You can also use the timer with a group. So let's say that you're trying as a classroom management strategy to increase the number of positives that you give to your group of students. So proactively use the timer to remind you every two to three minutes or four to five minutes, depending on the skills of your students. And every time it vibrates, pick a student who's engaging in appropriate behavior and praise them or reinforce them in some other way, pat them on the back, put a note on his desk, give him a token, give him an edible, depends on your students and you know what their reinforcers are before you put this into place. It doesn't take a lot of time. It doesn't have to intrude on your instruction. And it makes it more likely that you're going to reinforce regularly for appropriate behaviors. And bam, then you're going to see them increase. Another way to put a good automatic system in is to use token systems within the class. Um, One of the things that I really like about using token systems is that the students will remind you when you forget to reinforce them with the tokens. So they will come up and say, I got a token for that. Token systems and point systems can be structured in lots of different ways. And if you're interested in hearing more about those, definitely let me know. Um, and I will put something together. But in the Special Educator Academy, we actually have quick wins on how to use working for boards in instruction for reinforcement and how to use point and token systems for behavioral instruction. So they're really quick videos with some tools to implement that after you watch them. So they're just a really good useful tool. So token systems or point systems can be structured lots of different ways. And if you're using them for increasing appropriate behavior, you can set up a timer or reinforce at the end of the activity of the schedule. So at the end of the activity or the start of the next activity, review the rules and give the students who follow those pre-established targeted rules, all of them, or you may have this student needs to follow one rule. That one needs to follow two to differentiate, get their token. So that formalizes it into your daily classroom schedule. And I use visual rules with that. I talk about that in episode 17 when I talk about preventive strategies, um, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. But essentially it builds it into a routine in the classroom, and again, if you forget, your students will remind you, and that's always a plus. So what do you do to get it so that you're not the only one who is doing this in your classroom? whether you are a teacher listening or a para listening, how do you make this happen so that everyone in the class is doing it? It can sometimes be hard to get everybody on board because they don't always see the need for it. Um, uh, it's important that the reinforcement though, isn't just coming from one person because then the student learns, I behave a certain way with this person and I behave a certain way with another person. And so they're going to have more positive behavior when you're around, if you're the reinforcer and not when you're not there. And that makes a nightmare because then you have to hear all about how horrible your students were when you walked out of the classroom. Your students will behave better, obviously, if everybody's on the same page. So here's a couple of solutions. Share episode 26 of the podcast with the other members of your team. And in that one, I talk about myths of reinforcement and the problems of just expecting appropriate behavior. One of the biggest things that I hear back from teachers is, well, I shouldn't have to reinforce him for doing that. I just expect him to sit in his chair. Well, we can do that, but we're just gonna go around and around and have the same non-success. So we're gonna be much better off if we really focus on increasing the behavior using some positive reinforcement. And in that episode, I actually walked through five of the most common myths. And I did a very inaccurate Instagram poll the other day. And I think it was something like 90% of folks said that they had had somebody they worked with tell them, or a parent tell them that reinforcement was bad for one of those reasons. So sharing accurate information can often be helpful. Number two, use the five to one principles of behavior, that golden ratio of five positives for every corrective with the other members of the classroom. We have research that shows it's not just effective for students. It's effective in marriage therapy and it's effective in staff supervision and instruction as well. So try praising and reinforcing the staff for noticing the positives that the students are doing. If your praise is reinforcing and if it's not, you need to go back and pair your praise for your staff with more positives. You'll see their their reinforcement of students increase when you reinforce them for doing it. So make sure to always use five more positives for every correction that you're giving to your staff. And another option is to have some sort of staff contest if your team is particularly competitive um, or likes to win things set up a trial period and have them compete to see who can change a behavior fastest or have them track a behavior with a student and use reinforcement to increase it graph the data And then share it with them so that they get to see the outcome of what they have done. If they're resistant, tell them, I just want to try it this one time. I want to see how it works. We will try it for two weeks and let's see if it addresses the issue. If it doesn't, we'll come back together and talk about it. Sometimes I find it's more effective to get people to buy into things on a trial basis. So, but in general, that's a good hands-on way to help them see the benefits of changing their behavior and hopefully will help them to reinforce them by seeing the students succeed because ultimately that is the reinforcer that we want. Another way to do it, if you don't want them competing against each other uh, would be to put a marble in a jar or some other tally mark or some other indicator. Each time you hear staff reinforcing the students, you could keep track between the staff members, but you could also give them a prize just like you do with classroom management systems where the marble jar gets to hear I'm going to bring in lunch, or I'll bring in your favorite coffee, or something like that. It could be big, could be little, whatever you have the ability to provide as a reinforcer. It may just be you get to be teacher of the week, and we put your name on the bulletin board. It also depends on what's reinforcing for them. So you could make it a group contingency that when you fill up the marble jar, this is a positive outcome that the group will enjoy, just like we would do a popcorn party with our students. Finally, there is also research that shows that we don't really know what that magic ratio is. Um, People talk about the five to one ratio, but there's actually some articles and I'll put the references in the notes that say it's really more linear progression. The more praise that you give, the more positive behavior you see, the more students are on task and that there is no place where it kind of morphs into this magical ratio. So given that, um, I use five to one because I always hope that if we aim for five to one, we'll get maybe just a little less than that. But another way to go about it is if change is really hard for your staff uh, or yourself, then you could set it up so that you are only working on doing one to one reinforcer. So you're giving one positive for every Correction and then go to two and then go to three. So you could shape your own reinforcement of the students by just increasing slowly the number of positives that are required. So that may be an easier way to ease into this uh, and make that kind of change in your classroom with everything else going on. So remember overall that reinforcement works and it's not just for the students i love it when aba and teaching instructions come full circle and we realize that they affect our behavior not just the other the students behavior and we can see how it affects everybody So if you are looking for token systems or punch cards, I will put links to that in the blog um, that you can find them in my store. We also have some free punch cards in the free resource library. So that link will be in this post as well. Uh, If you are interested in learning more about reinforcement and how to effectively use it in the classroom, we have a workshop, Quick Wins, and we have a whole course on behavioral problem solving in the Special Educator Academy. And the Special Educator Academy is one of the best places to find me to problems, help problem solve and come up with ideas because I hang out in our community at least twice a day, if not more. And we have office hours every Sunday night. So if you're interested in more information about the Special Educator Academy and you want to know more about it, go to specialeducatoracademy.com. You can find all of the notes and the links to the token systems, the resource library and the academy in the blog post that goes with this episode, which will be autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 27. And I'll make sure that that's in the show notes with the app as well. Thank you so much for tuning in and for listening to the podcast. If you find it useful, share it with others, share it with other teachers that you think will be helpful, share it on social media. Thank you for spending this time with me on this episode. And I hope I'll see you again next week when I'll be talking more about classroom management.